The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Welcome to it. Yep, there we go. Omaha, Nebraska on a Sunday afternoon. CHI Health Center. Uh, we want to thank the folks from Mullen Motors for making uh, this content available to you. I'm DP next to me. The coach, Renee Saunders, next to her. Rico. Rico will carry us through. Um, lots to talk about here in setting up uh, Season 1, Episode 6. We get to see a, another different version of the Omaha Supernovas, and we get in to introduce uh, to, or- to Orlando uh, and what the Valkyries come to Omaha with a 2-2 two and two record. And it's been the mixed bag, the good and the bad. Uh, Coach Saunders, I'll ask you, we'll go back before we go forward, uh, to, to give a recap of, of what we saw in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, what's the message? What, where do we stand? State of the Union. That's State of the Union. I thought we looked pretty solid. Actually, I mean, all around, um, lots of different contributors. We started with Nadia and et cetera, and then switched up with Sid. Tori started in the middle. Um, I think they're, they're starting to find their identity. I think the road trip was good for them, building as a team, building as, as people. Um, there's less distractions on the road. That was one thing Bird mentioned yesterday when I was talking to, to the coach, was there's less distractions. So now it's can we turn those, how we played on the road, and bring it home. Through, through all of that, right, lessons learned, and you're smarter, uh, you're smarter now than you were taking off. Uh, lots of things to figure out in the rotation. As you mentioned, th- th- having your setters be flexible and fluid. You're checking the level. We're okay. We're, we're good to announce that we're, we're checking the level because we want to get it right. <laughs> How's that sound to you? And when I t- that sounds better. There we go. When I was talking before, I sounded kind of weird. No, that, that, that. I got to say hi to this guy. Well, How you, you doing, Brock? You're, you're, you're absolutely allowed uh, <laughs> to do that. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, through, through everything that we're talking about. And, again, three and two is where uh, the Supernovas stand. You, you can't get caught up in the season record other than the last two games provided you some resume for what this team really is. Uh, on a scale of, of one to ten, where would you put what you saw in Las Vegas? I thought it was around a seven or an eight. I mean, I you don't want to set the bar too high right now because I think that every match is a growth opportunity for them, and I'd like to see them continually get better. I think we saw uh, Betty De La Cruz we hadn't seen consistently for a match. Um, she had been always bringing it the service line, but she really brought it with her attack in Vegas. Um, I think we saw what Christina Buchkova brings to the team, which a lot of people, nobody here seen yet. They're going to be they're going to be very happy with what they see on that. Um, we got to see Naughty running an offense, and we got to see Sydney running the offense, and what they do well, and and how they complement each other. So I think I think they're slowly learning and feeling things out, and you know, four games in ten days is going to be tough, but I think they're doing a good job of taking care of their bodies and and being ready to go. Coach, what's key to, to doing that? Is it nutrition? Is it rest? Uh, what else is in play? Uh, rest. It's probably the biggest thing, rest and hydration. I mean, taking time off, obviously, on the travel days and the day after games that they're not playing, they're literally resting. 
which is nice. Being, I'm sure sleeping in their own beds was probably nice. Nice little break. Um, and I think for the most part, they're pretty dialed in on their nutrition, nutrition as well. So when you're on the road, sometimes that's harder to do. What, what is that, Coach? I mean, it, it, let, let's say this is your team. What are you preaching to them about the things they put in their body over the course of a, of a run like this? My favorite is just make good decisions. I mean, you know what's, what's good and you know what's not. And put more of what's good and less of what's not. Well, I mean, so, <laughs> so what, we, what we know as coaches is that we can say that statement, and with 12 different players, you'll get 12 different, 12 different, responses. 12 different responses to what that is. So let's allow Coach Saunders to set the menu for pregame. <laughs> right, pregame. First of all. Well, there's, there's no Jimmy John's in my – Anywhere near pregame, just right. so you know. Like, like with that, well, <laughs> you, it's funny how how you have to that has to be said because uh, convenience comes into play, taste comes into play, uh, and then reaction to it. So you get to set the breakfast menu and the lunch menu oh. to prepare for a five five p.m. first serve. I I don't even know where I would start, honestly. I first of all, protein. They need no. their protein, but obviously, I need carbs too. I probably keep them away from sugar. I think they like their coffees. I don't know if I can take that away from them, but if they're drinking enough water and they're hydrated, then no big deal. Um, I've never actually seen what they cater in for them to eat. So that would be in- actually intriguing for me. But I think Becca, who's our like ATC slash performance person, I think she does a really good job with them on like microdose- microdosing their like workouts, like strength workouts, functionality workouts, but also then keeping in mind like their food. So I'm sure there'd be some oatmeal in there for breakfast. There'd probably be some fruit at lunch, probably, you know, a mix of protein and, and carbs again, because you've got to be able to have that energy for, for the match later on. But I, I don't think McDonald's, Burger King, those type places probably would be the best option. If, if I, if, <laughs> yeah, we can, you have to continue to say that because, I've seen weird. I mean, I I ate spaghettios before games, so, <laughs> I, I'm, and that I, was good luck for me. So whatever. I was a chicken nuggets guy. Like it, it just it was it was <laughs> right. simple. It was simple in that. So, but through that, then mac the rest, and cheese is pretty popular too. The, the, the yeah, why would I want that much cheese in my body? The, some my kids, it's their lucky food. Oh, they the, yeah. like the dairy part of it. Let's go through the pregame because I was asked about that. Uh, this weekend, and I and I said I will I will store that question and talk to Coach Saunders. Five o'clock first serve. Yep. When do you want your people in the, in the locker room getting stretched, getting taped, getting evaluated? Probably by three o'clock. Between two thirty three is probably a good arrival time for them to come on it, come in, get together, start putting their stuff on, hang out in the locker room, get taped, get stretched, get heat on, whatever they need. Um, Servant pass, I believe, is about an hour and a half, hour 45 for us before first serve. So obviously they need, to, if you need more treatment or more help, then you probably need to be here a little sooner than that 2.30 mark. But um, they have a pretty regimented when, the, when to be here, when to be on the court, and then their process that they start. Like right now, this is one of their little microdose workouts that they do, and it's kind of a band functional stretching lifting like right now they're doing squats and rdls and lateral moves and shoulder workouts all just to get them ready to play treating the different body parts especially by position is a different deal right how do you deal with the 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 joint issues and making sure that servers are flexible fluid enough getting enough circulation uh that those those shoulders don't get worn out uh that the fingers get taken care of how do you how do you check that and, and, and kind of keep that in order? 
Well, I think just when they come out here and throw the ball to warm up their arms, that's like the start. And then what they're doing right now is they're just activating their hips. They're activating their knees. They're activating their shoulders so that those smaller muscle groups are primed and ready for performance. Through all of it, Coach Saunders, that it's all a matter of preparation. Then you're, you're getting into making those decisions, right? Uh, at some point in the pregame, you, you talk to your other coaches and say, okay, here's the plan. Here's who we're going to go with, and are they capable and ready? Are they healthy enough? When do you make those decisions and pass that information along? I think that information probably was yesterday at practice, I'm sure. I mean, when I talked to Bird on the phone last, Coach Bird on the phone last night, she had she had talked about how that, you know, who they were going to go with, et cetera, who they, you know, I texted her today who they were going to go with at middle just to make sure that it, it wasn't changing and, so I bet you those conversations were had yesterday so that everybody knows when they go to bed last night. What their role was going to yep. be, how to prepare. And if, I mean, if you're an athlete, you know, the night before a performance is, is just as important as the day of. Well, that's why I ask it because even with the schedules, I and mean, we'll get a broadcast schedule, we'll get a game op schedule, the team has its own schedule. And sometimes players will react differently and respond differently to the responsibilities that are going to be handed over to them. What we're going to do, we'll go to break. When we come back, Coach, we'll get into this Valkyries roster. Go up and down the roster, and you can tell us what you think, some of the players that we know, some of the players that we can look forward to. I'm DP. She's Coach Renee Saunders here on the Supernovas Radio Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Five p.m. first serve. CHI Health Center. If you're on the way here, we will see you when you get here. Expecting a good Sunday crowd. Um, there is a volleyball, a volleyball event in town, so there may be some other folks lingering to get a chance to come in here and get their first eyeful. Might be a new record, is what I hear. But that was the push. Was that uh, this thing could get done uh, and push? I know that on ninety-three-seven the ticket, there's a ton of ticket giveaways being done. And all of them were were, 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 were taken up. So uh, that should be a thing. DP next to Coach Renee Saunders. And, Coach, let's talk about this Valkyries team uh, up the top. First of all, let's talk about the head coach and find out exactly what do we know about Amy Pauley. Amy Pauley. She was associate head coach at uh, USC, which is actually where my current libero is headed to next season with Brad Keller. Um, and now in her place, they, they got Tyler Hildebrandt, which I think many people will will remember from his time at Nebraska and then left and then came back in his other time at Nebraska. Um, she is one of the only college coaches that left college to come and coach professional volleyball. A lot of the other ones were retired. Um, obviously, Shelton, who we had before Coach Bird, was a retired coach. Bird was um, done with college coaching um, and then got into this. But Amy was one of the few that or maybe the only one who left college coaching to come coach professional volleyball why is that my honest opinion yeah i might ruffle feathers with this but nil and transfer portal those are two things that i think make college coaching just not glorious at all i don't understand that i i don't understand help me understand that we go into coaching not because of the the income we go into coaching because of the outcome Right, what, how we impact lives, the sports that we love, 
uh, and then we are willing to accept and de- make demands, right? Because as coaches, we make demands of players. Yep. And we want loyalty from the player. Yep. But coaches don't provide that. If they have the same opportunity to bounce and go, coaches can come and go as they want. Fair. Fair. And if you say, here's, you need to do everything to be successful in your sport and place, but you have an eye towards the outdoor. Right. Why is the NIL making so many coaches uncomfortable? Please help me understand. I don't know if it's making um, I don't know if it's making coaches uncomfortable, but it's it's not a very sustainable thing long term. And I think there's there's probably bigger issues that will come at some point until they finally figure out how exactly to work it. But it's new and it's I mean, I there's been word of like from colleges of like they're already thinking of ways that when potentially they make college athletes paid employees of the university. Well, bye-bye Title IX. There are not going to be a lot of women's sports around if that ever happens because now they don't have to provide equal opportunity. So there's, there's like, slippery slope direction we can go, mm-hmm. and then there's just what we know, right? right? But as coaches, you focus on the things you know and control. Right. But, right? If, but if you can give them everything they want except for the money they need, they're gone. So then it makes you wonder, like, okay, well, I, we can – have a chance for a national title, we can do this. But if I don't, you don't have this much money. I don't. I just think that money's. I, Isn't that what the coaches are doing? I don't know. I'm a high school coach. I don't worry yeah. about this stuff. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's what's, that's why that's the right perspective. Right. That that coaches, elite coaches at any, every level. The are best high coaches commodity. tend to stay where they're at. It's the ones that are trying to find their fit that are leaving. But I think the, you but see the a lot of coaches. Of coaches aren't that. Ninety-five percent of the coaches are assistant coaches who think they belong as head coaches and are working to get the head coaching job. Correct. And 95% of the Division One head coaches are still lurking, searching for the next highest paycheck and the best situation. So Best situation first, probably. Right. So I, I, I always find that out. I, I'm always I've had the conversation about why coaches in it's the definitely it has changed landscape though right of, okay. of the loyalties and all that I mean college coaches forever have been moving around or going different places or being like enticed to go different directions right you know and I think that's why I tell my kids all the time like you don't go for especially an assistant coach you don't pick a school based on the assistant coach because there's a good shot that it's going to be two years and they're going to be gone you know very rarely do you see them stay as long as like a Nebraska or even like a Wisconsin or some of those places. So, But the head coaches, I mean, there's a lot of really good head coaches that have been places for a really long time. What would you say to the next college volleyball player who's considering professional play and then the options that are there and available, why they make the decisions? Remember, aside from the draft, folks then get in pool and it's crabs in a barrel. It's the same thing. And for coaches, it's, oh, this is a new opportunity. Right. I would imagine that if you got a phone call tomorrow. <laughs> right? No, real talk. Go ahead and imagine. I can right. tell you my answer already, right. but right. go ahead. <laughs> Deb, you, got a, you got a call tomorrow from the Federation, and they need a, a, an assistant coach. And the, the numbers, whatever that number is, whatever that magic, <laughs> mystical number, mythical number that, right? And they, they here's the number, Renee come coach you at least have to consider it yeah i think that's an odd night for every coach though like you have to consider you be an idiot but at the same time like you have to go back to like what makes you happy and like to me happiness is in teaching and 
being around a bunch of crazy teenage boys that and girls part, all day. See, then you so, just went full circle yeah, as to why I, mean, I, that's I found why it. you do it. Yeah, right? like, like I. That's it. That's literally it. You but you'd be, you'd be, I mean, that's the same with any opportunity that jumps up. I think you always have to explore opportunities, but you have to go back to, like, what makes you happy. And if happiness to you is the next best thing, then kudos to you. But sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think the <laughs> other part that you have to, like, look at, too, is, like, this league is just starting. Yeah. Right? And so anybody who has decided to leave college or leave wherever they're at to go into it, like, they're taking a pretty – big professional risk and i'm sure coach paulie's younger and she definitely has the potential to hop right back into college and be just fine and this um, will help her it's, yeah whatever. it's it's a great experience it's a great opportunity for her so you know talib is the other one at san diego who only she doesn't have i don't think any coaching experience she just has a lot of playing experience that they approach her to coach san diego so you know it's it's like anything else like people are going to approach you people are going to you know, tell you things, but you've got to go back to what makes you happy. And if what makes you happy is looking for the next best thing, then go for it. And if what makes you happy is being around a bunch of crazy teenagers, then <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> crazy teenagers who become crazy college students who become crazy pros. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, but I mean, for my kids, like if they were ever looking to like play professional volleyball, like, yeah, you can play in the United States, but you can also go play overseas. Like you want to go travel the world, you take use volleyball to get you there. And then you can always come back to the United States as long as this is still here. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, all of my heart I want this to work. But there's the reality, too, that, like, it's going to take a lot of moving parts to keep it going. And and I and hopefully it does. I always, I always say this, and having been around a lot of startup leagues in this situation, I say this about Federation. They, they have the right foundations in place to keep this thing going, which is yes. why I feel comfortable in it. I um, do, too. That, that's always the case. We will get to this roster that Orlando has brought to Omaha. We will talk about that. I'm DP. Coach Renee Saunders next to me. You're listening to the Supernovas Radio Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Five o'clock first serve, Omaha CHI Health Center. DP coach today, Saunders. It is the two and two Orlando Valkyries versus the three and two Omaha Supernovas. Coach, let's go up and down this roster. What's the first name that jumps out at you uh, when it comes to, to Orlando? Adora Nye. She's probably one of the best outside hitters in the league and probably one of the best ones on, on the Valkyries roster. She's from the University of Utah. I promised Coach Lanier I'd give him a shout-out today, so I am. Um, the Utah Utes have its always been a program that I've kind of admired as a, as a coach, watching what Coach Lanier has done with, with the Utes over the years. But um, she just said, basically, that Anaya has been one of her all-time top Utes to ever come out of the program, the, the kid that's made for the big moments, the player who – of all the players she's coached, that if there was one person in all her years that she'd give the ball to, it would be Adora. She is not alone in those folks who are going to be at the net making making things happen. Who's next on the, on the roster for Orlando? Uh, the small but mighty Jill Gillen, other outside hitter. Killing Gillen. Husker, <laughs> Husker fans probably yeah. remember from the regional finals where Arkansas gave the Huskers a run for the money. Jill Gillen, five foot seven. Number eight pick overall in the draft. I want to say that maybe we were the ones that picked her up and then traded her for a later draft pick. Um, her mom played uh, volleyball 
in college. Dad played basketball in college. She was all SEC. Um, just a really, really good player can kind of do it all. Uh, they they do not walk alone. And watching them against Atlanta, listen, they, they come in waves. They've got an explosive player that, quite frankly, I Kaz, Kaz Brown just seems to move so fluidly on the court. She folds into whatever space is required and just makes plays. Kaz Brown and MK White are their two middles, and I think that they're probably the two best defensive middles that we'll see in the league. I mean, their blocking that's is a statement. phenomenal. Yes, yeah, that's a statement. like there's a lot of great middles, but defensively, you know, we have Christina Buchkova, who we know what kind of space she takes away and what hitters have to do to get around her. Yeah, these these two middles are very similar in that in that regard. What 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 do they do that makes it so difficult to play against them? They just do a great job of closing the block and sealing it. I mean, they're long legs. They get out. They can close it up and take up a lot of space at the net. There's not a lot of cross-court open when they're blocking in the middle. What is, what's happening at James Madison University to start producing so many Good players? Good old JMU. Yeah. Now we got Sophie on our roster from JMU and then um, Michaela M.K. White from from Valkyries from JMU. Yeah, I mean, th- that seems to be odd because that's not exactly a volleyball powerhouse in the minds of most. They've they've done well. I didn't. I did not look up where exactly they they finished this year or what they did, but but they have they have been putting out a decent product on the floor. Louisville's uh, Wilma Rivera is just simply a top level volleyball player. Yeah, she spent two years at Penn State, two years at Louisville, um, five five pro clubs before coming to the the federation. She's a lefty, not a super active setter, but she's got the ability to put it down. She's probably one of the better servers. Granted. We have Betty De La Cruz, who's leading in, in aces. Wilma Rivera is probably one of the better servers internationally as well as in the United States. Georgia Murphy is their motor and their, and their gasoline both. Another rookie, number 10 pick overall, All-American status from Oregon. Another great libero in this, in this league. I, just, I feel like every time I say it, I'm like, these are their best, the best middles or the best outsides. It's like every wow. team has, has great, great players in every position. You, you mentioned Melissa Evans as though you thought this was going to be a name and a player that we should pay attention to. Yeah, it looks like Shina Joseph. She rolled her ankle a couple nights ago in their last match. And so Melissa Evans came on, another lefty, um, and she made a big difference in that match that they played two nights ago. She came on, had a block, had a kill. I think she had an ace. I mean, just like came out and like boom, 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 impacted the match immediately with her entrance. So... I'm sure Shina Joseph was out of Florida. She had a boot on, I think, if I, I can't find her right I, I now. But say, she did have a boot here. on. She landed on a foot, um, kind of similar to what Brooke did um, and Allie Linehan did at Atlanta. And so rolled that ankle, unable to play. So now Melissa Evans will most likely be on the right side. Rico is pointing to yep, us. she's over there. She's behind the water cooler. Talking. Is she in? So she's she's, not in she has her jersey or her warm-up top on and then pants ah, and a boot. she's got the pants and boots. So yep. she, she does not look like she's ready to play. Nope, so we'll see Evans instead. Through all of this, style of play, how would you describe Orlando's style of play? Uh, physical. Their play at the net is very physical. Their two outside hitters just, they're very different. Jill Gillen really loves to hit line, and she's a banger. She jumps high, hits hard. Uh, we really got to do a good job taking away her line. And then Anai, on the other hand, is a great cross-court. She's very similar in style of play to Betty De La Cruz on our side of the net. 
hits a dirty cross-court ball, um, and they're blocked. They do a great job of blocking. What what does that down-the-line Killen Gillen thing do uh, to a Supernova's defense? I mean, it's just it's a matter of making sure our block is set up so we're not getting tooled on that side. And I thought Jess Shaven Landsman did a great job in Vegas adjusting on uh, Maddox, who was trying to hit line on her. Finally, by the end of the match, she was getting far enough out that now she wasn't able to get tooled as much. So I'm thinking, I don't know who the matchup will be. I think we're going to go with Hilly. So I don't know if Hilly's going to be on Anai or on Gillen. But we'll find out as soon as they come out here. Through, through all of this, right, they've, they've had the great moments in the season, and then they've had the moments where they let opportunities slip. Uh, what's going to be keys for, for Orlando? Keys for Orlando is serving. They, they might have the most service errors in the league. High risk, high reward yep. service. They have a lot of jump topspin servers. They're, they try to be super aggressive, and, you know, I think they need to find that balance between being super aggressive and not just hitting the crap out of it. How, is that, how does that happen for a team where everybody seems to be on attack mode during service and with less control when there should naturally be better servers and then folks who just have to adjust? Yeah, serving's a funny <laughs> thing. It's like a free throw in basketball, right? You should just be able to hit it in. Yeah. Uh, I think John Cook, he would say you can land a helicopter over there, you can serve a ball, or 900 square feet just hit one. Right. I mean, lots of these little sayings. Uh, it's like it's kind of funny. There is 900 square feet there. All you have to do is hit one of them. So. Yeah. Um, but they are big topspin servers, which means they're trying to probably hit the back third of the court. And so when I've watched them play, they tend to miss long. Vegas had some serving service woes when we played them this last time, but theirs were going short. So, you know, who knows? Watch now that we talked about it. Watch Orlando not have one this match. <laughs> That's usually how it works. The, the, the jinx is in play, and it's absolutely necessary. Uh, just an update to, to, to kind of set the table. The Valkyries are coming in at 2-2. Two and two. They had a three-run victory over Columbus, who uh, the Supernovas will face coming up. Uh, and, of course, the Supernovas coming off the 3-1 win over Vegas. Um, and they th sit third currently in the standings. As the league starts to shake out, we'll, we'll get more familiar with, with who the real elite teams are. But to your vision, where would you put Orlando in the seventh? I think they're in the top four. I really do. I mean, their presence at the net. Rivera is a great setter. She has a great job moving the ball around, finding her hitters. They have a solid defense behind their block. Um, I really think they're probably one of the top four teams. So that, you know, it's really hard to say when there's probably like seven really good teams. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, so it's who plays best as a team. And a lot of times that I always put my money on the team with the better libero and better setter when it comes down to every all of their parts are equal. Crabs in a barrel. That is the uh, Pro Volleyball Federation. Again, uh, if you want to catch the actual game action, you can download the ticket app. You can download the Supernovas app. Uh, both of those are available to you online, on your phones, or however you download and consume. We'll throw it a break when we'll come back. And we'll set the table for the Supernovas, how we think they'll line up in the starting lineup, and then the players of note. We will do it all, all for you here on the Supernovas Radio Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Derek Pearson, Coach Renee Saunders, Enrique Alvarez, Clary will carry you through first serve to final point. And then a one-hour postgame show immediately following uh, Omaha versus Orlando. A couple of things in the Federation. The Atlanta Vibe sit at the top of the standings currently. 
uh, at four and four and one. But, coach, you have an update from Grand Rapids. <laughs> no, they're <laughs> Grand Rapids is up two zero on them in nineteen eighteen in the third. Like, it's a wacky, wacky <laughs> league. Like, literally anybody can beat anybody. Right? So if that f- holds through, Grand Rapids would improve to 3-1 and one and move to the top with hopefully Atlanta at 4-2 and two and hopefully Omaha at 4-2. and two. Orlando comes in at 2-2. Two and two, Vegas Thrill at 1-2. and two, Columbus Fury and San Diego Mojo still waiting for their first wins uh, after, two, after two matches. But that's why I asked about kind of defining – uh, the federation and who the top four teams are. Yeah, you said, it's tough. yeah, it, it's, I mean, we saw Vegas and they could play and they had a big win already. So it is a thing. Let's go through the, the, the Supernova's roster. and got, Who do you think is projected to start tonight uh, and why? I'm pretty confident that our lineup is pretty set for the most part. We might have a little bit of movement in it, but I don't see any reason but to see Brooke Nunaviller and Betty De La Cruz at our outside hitter spots. Brooke's just a steady Eddie on that on that pin. And the Vegas match, man, I hope we see that Betty De La Cruz in this match because that was fun to watch. She was, she was a threat at the net. She was a threat at the service line. Um, she was digging balls. They're really trying to work on back row attack with those two. Um, Bird, Coach Bird is adamant to get the back row attack going more and more every match, and so I know they worked on that yesterday, so that's a big thing. Delacruz was credited with 14 kills against Vegas, uh, along with an ace. Of course, she leads the Federation. Uh, seven more aces than anybody else in the Federation. So yeah. that, that speaks volumes. That's craziness. Yep. Oh, darken the lights. They got the team about to come out. They have all the kids lining the... That's so the cool. entry. And look at look at the parade, the march of, of young people coming down to the floor. So if you see that whole line of, of white shirts uh, coming down. So as as the building starts to fill and then we start to pay attention to the upper bowl where there's activity in the upper bowl. There's a lot of people actually I mean like <laughs> they're filling in more areas than I've seen. So like we might I'm hoping we hit that magic 12,000 number this, today. This may be another record setter, and we get to be a part of it. Uh, you mentioned Brooke Nunville. You, me- you, you mentioned uh, Betty Dela Cruz. Uh, let's talk about the, about Sydney Hilly and what, what's in store and what's in play. Yeah, so the last match, they started with Naughty at setter and then made a substitution, put Sydney in, um, and she ran a fantastic offense. From what Bird told me, they're going to stick with her um, in this match at the setting position. But the nice part about those two is if we need something different, we can just sub and, ma- and we get something different. So, And I think that, like we talked about last time, that's good to ha- for those two to have competition with each other. Um, I think Sydney's going to rise to the occasion. I know that setting the middles is really important to Coach Bird. So hopefully she continues to do that in this match. And the middles, obviously, there's three really good middles on our team between Tori Dixon Danielle Hart and Christina Vuchkova, who the home crowd has not seen yet. And she ah, that part. she hasn't quite clicked offensively yet, but, man, is she making a difference on defense. So it sounds like it's going to be Tori Dixon and Christina Vuchkova getting the start in the middle for us. Um, I just think that's going to – that's a great – they're both very experienced middles. They bring – they play very different ways. They're moving Tori into that M2 position, so she'll be front row with um, – Brooke and Jess Shaven Landsman, so that'll be nice. You mentioned Jess and in that down the line game that, that that Joe Gillen provides. It's a big night for Jess Shaven Landsman. Every night's a big night for Jess Shaven Landsman. She's been she has been playing phenomenal. She went in Grand Rapids. 
single-handedly won the third set for us, I feel like. She was on fire at the end of the match. Then we go to Vegas, and she was getting tooled early in the match, adjusted her block, moved out, started getting some really important positive touches and blocks for her team. Um, she has really, I think we have our three-headed monster, but I almost feel like Tori Dixon could go off at any time. But between Betty De La Cruz, Brooke Nunaviller, and Jess Shaman Landsman, um, we have all the pieces to be able to run every part of our offense from every pin. The, the Kendall White is the gasoline. So what, God, does she have to do? what does she have to have uh, in her tank tonight to get this thing across she, the line? She just needs to be consistent. You know, like the, she is the best service passer in the league. She passes a lot of balls, and she passes a lot of them perfect. And so if you're a libero out there and you're coming to watch Kendall play, watch how she serve receives because she's really good at it. And then she has, like, 13 digs a, a match as well. So she's digging a lot of balls. She's keeping us alive. She's extending rallies, and she's making a difference. The, the, the bench and, and the power in play, there are numbers. And Coach Bird has been really open about the fun that is being able to look down the bench and have answers. What's in store? Who's coming off the bench and why? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Paige Briggs popping out here to come in and serve some balls. She really was an impact player in Grand Rapids. She made two appearances. She served two aces. That's a pretty good, pretty good um, stat line for only playing a couple points. So she came in and served the middles. Haven't seen Nia Reed for a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her. Um, outside of that, I don't, I mean, Danielle Hart might be our only one coming in off the bench. Yeah, and, and, and does that, I mean, coming off a road trip, does that come into play? Is that part of why that, listen, you've fallen into your rotation and stick to what works? I think you stick with what works, but at the same time, you have to know that, like, their legs have been working, right? So we got to find a way to, like, if, they're, if their legs feel good and they feel healthy, then I don't see a reason to sit them, especially because when March hits, they have lots of rest coming up in March. February is pretty aggressive for a schedule. March will be a little bit easier on the legs. And this is, I mean, tonight's the night, so you kind of focus on that. But as you mentioned, stick to what works. Making the change to Hilly uh, really isn't a change. It's just an adjustment. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's the I've, – I've had lots of situations where I've had two really good setters. I mean, just in this last previous season, I had two really good setters that did different things and – and we made adjustments throughout the season with what we were running and who we were running it with. And as a coach, it's a blessing and it's a curse. You know, it's kind of both things. But I think that in the league, the way it's set up and the amount of subs you have, um, you, you go with one. And if the vibe is off, then you go with the other one. And you can always change. But the team's played with both. So they should be all right. In that, in, in the early two matches, that there was the double, uh, double substitute. Is that the expected? Is that the norm? Or is that a coach-by-coach, coach, hey, this is how I prefer, prefer to manage the game sort of decision? I think it's a, a vibe of how the game is going. I don't think it's a requirement that you double sub. Like, if things are working in volleyball, you let them work. If things are not working in volleyball, the double sub's a great opportunity to make a change and get a little spark or whatever it might be. So I think the double sub is a strategy versus – something that is consistent that you do every single time <laughs> rico is giving me a signal pull pull that pull down pull down the, the your, your the, the microphone and explain to me kind sir the valkyries uniforms are sick they, they have like sweet. the armor on the shoulder and on the sleeves and it's really cool 
is there, Coach, is there an advantage or disadvantage to the long sleeve? I'm a, I'm a long sleeve fan. I, to me, it's silly to, like, not have sleeves and then wear sleeves. So, <laughs> the one sleeve. Just make it one thing. The one I do. I like the long sleeve jerseys. I really do. Oh, we look like we have a different uniform. The, well, our liberos are in blue. Th- this, is, this is the thing. This is the Coach Saunders uniform report that we do before every game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through really quickly on what you, what you see. Uh, Valkyrie, Valkyries are, I mean, they're the knights in shiny armor. They've got blue with, like Rico said, they have, like, silver shoulders and silver, ar- like, forearm guards. But yeah. they're once, you know, long sleeve with navy spandex. On our side, we're in our whites with the fade with, like, teal and pink and purple, which are sleeveless, but yet some people choose to wear sleeves with their sleeveless, and... I'm not hating on it. I just think it's silly. And then our liberos <laughs> are in like a navy blue that fades into like a royal blue, purple, pink top. So yeah, I'm not hating on it, but I'm. <laughs> I think it was Minnesota. The first time I saw the sleeveless with arm sleeves looked was like Minnesota, and I'm like, why? Why? Like just wear sleeves. Yeah, it's it's the coach's thing. You know, you 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 you, you kind of. You kind of dress people as you would prefer to be dressed. I mean, when I played, I wore like a, a polo collared shirt. So everything is everything is better. We had cotton spandex. Those are not not cute. We need pictures. No, we you don't. Be- no, no. And that's why this is a radio show. Oh man! Look for anybody out there we listening. We thought we were pretty sweet with our collared our collared jerseys. <laughs> oh my goodness! I can't. I look now. Now look. Look at Rico. You know he's gonna find them. He's literally gonna find them. That's Just look up be... the 1995 national championship picture, and you'll see the there red collared jerseys, like polos. There we go. Luckily, the cotton spandex weren't very visible. It's amazing <laughs> how much nicer the things are now. Yeah, across the board. We'll throw it a break. We'll come back. We'll set it up. We'll get keys to the game. Coach, will t- let us know what are you looking for. Who are you gonna be talking about when we're done? You're listening to the Supernovas Radio <laughs> Network. The Supernovas Radio Network is live. This is the Omaha Supernovas pregame show brought to you by Mullen Motors. Five minutes uh, before we take a break, we're expecting the anthem and et cetera, the starting lineups all uh, coming up here shortly. First server just after 5 o'clock. DP next to Coach Renee Saunders and Coach, we need keys to the game, things to look for. What do you have for us? I mean, the Nova's got to learn learn their routine at home. I think they have a great routine on the road, less distractions, things like that. Now they're trying to figure out how to do that, turn that into playing at home. Number one, they need to compete in battle. Like the Valkyries are a great team. They're going to need to make sure that they come ready to play today. Number two, their, the setting, the routine, the, the pressure at home, we've got to learn to balance that and, and play like we play on the road. You know, get rid of all that, learn how to play together. I think the road trip helped them build a little bit of an identity of, of a team. Maggie Cartwright just unloaded on that ball. Yeah, she, she looks uh, fresh. And then her teammate from Arkansas, Jill Gillen, unloaded on the other pin. Yeah, boom. <laughs> boom. Um, and then the third one is, is just serving and passing. You know, they just have to make sure they serve and pass, run that Bick and D when they can, and 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 have a little bit of fun. They were a fun fun team on the road. They had fun. They looked like they were having fun. I hope to see the same thing tonight. Yeah, and, and watching uh, the movement and the communication, again, 
there's clear communication. There's lots more talking going on uh, in the drill, uh, and it's fun to watch. Coach, give us give us the, the two players that will tell the story of how Orlando gets through this evening. We've got to have an answer for Adora and I. I think she is their make-or-break player on the court that's really – that gives them a little bit of everything. She's a natural. She can play back row. She can play front row. She can block. She can hit. She can dig. She can serve, receive. She can do it all. So if we have a chance to kind of handle that, we'll be all right. On our side, really, I think it's going to be Hilly that I'm watching for today. Um, can she set the middle? Is she setting the pins? Is she taking risk? Is she, you know, doing those things that make us a great team? And sometimes it's not going to work. If she, I just need her to trust it. Is there a matchup? At the net, that, that, that stands out to you as a thing to watch. The for. middles versus the middles. Yeah, I, if we can get our middles going against their big middle block, then I think that's going to be a key. But the middle versus middle is going to be a fun little a fun little contest. Well, you mentioned both setters and being exceptional at what they do and how they do it. That's a storytelling line. Yeah, Wilma Rivera is a fantastic setter, tons of experience. Sydney, a little less experience, but another fantastic setter. Um, I want to say, I wanted to say, I thought Wilma Rivera had played somewhere in Puerto Rico. Maybe not with Naughty because she's younger, but. Yeah, she did um, play in Puerto did Rico. Did she play on the national team there yeah, or not? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got national team talent there. Then you've got, on our side, you've got Sydney who did some USA national team training as well. So, a little bit younger, two different styles of play. Wilma is a great server. Sydney, I would love to see Sydney get a, a run at the service line tonight, too. She's been kind of quiet back there, and I think she has a great serve. Well, it, it will be a game of runs. We know that, and it, but we've also landed on figuring out how to shut off those runs is vital and important, uh, especially for, for, for this Omaha team. We've seen how they are when they can shut down a run. Finding everybody on serve and getting points on serve. Who, who has to be big? We know that Betty, uh, they count, this team counts on Betty to get them on runs. But who else can help them get it going? Brooke. Brooke and Jess. Brooke Nunaviller, Jess Shaben Landsman are going to be, you know, it, Betty De La Cruz, we know can play volleyball. We know that Brooke Nunaviller can play volleyball. We know that Jess Shaben can play volleyball. Those three need to have double-digit kills for us tonight. That back line work, and we're watching uh, over the course of the season as, as teams start to identify that that is a way to steal points kill runs and then to get people out of out of system what what needs to be done from the back line who can we expect anai's got this crazy cross court shot that kendall's got to make sure she doesn't get caught behind the block if she can stay inside her block her middle blocker's left hand i think she's going to dig a lot of balls if she gets caught a little bit behind it i think i think she could be in for a long night versus anai but on the server receive side of it if kendall continues to just do what she does really, really well and keep us in system, then I think good things are going to happen. You had time and opportunity to talk to Coach Bird. What would you hear? What, what should you share? You know, the biggest thing is that she was how proud she was of how they played on the road. I mean, they played, they played great, and she was very proud of them for that um, and just hoping that they can carry that over in front of their home crowd so that they can see, you know, how much they've grown since last time the fans here have seen them. Coach, as we start to look around the building and the horn sounds for team as we, we go at the break, we'll have the anthem starting lineups. We will dance with that. But, Coach, the building is starting to fill up, and Looking it's starting good. to feel like a home game on a Sunday in Omaha. That's fun. I'm looking around, and there is a buzz. 
which is interesting to me, that in, in, the, in, in the next opportunity, Omaha is trying to extend itself, and the top of the building looks a little bit more full. The corners look a little more full. The end zones look full. Yeah, there's a thing happening. And there's probably a lot of people walking from a mile away, too, because there ain't parking out there. Yeah, with <laughs> tournaments in town and a lot's going on, you are absolutely right. So that we might have thing. some later rivers because I'm pretty sure the bottom bowl is going to be full. Oh, and then I think they're filling quite a bit of the top. So I think we're going to have a lot of people that are arriving a little bit later. But it's filling up, and, and it's exciting. We will throw it to break. When we come back, we'll have the anthem and the starting lineups here. CHI Health Center, Omaha, Nebraska, Supernovas, Valkyries coming up on the Supernovas Radio Network. 